This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Yujis Balmox is the founder of Recruiter Mill, a company that hires A players for remote teams. Ujis, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Excited to be on. Now, you're originally from Latvia, but right now you're talking to us from Budapest, Hungary. That's right, yeah. Uh, I, I guess the story behind that is that my wife's American and she studied medicine here. And when we met, we were trying to decide where are we going to live. And uh, I guess Hungary was a happy medium for both of us in the end. I have only been to two countries outside the United States. I used to live in a town called Rochester, New York, which is an hour from Canada. So we used to call it the United States of Canada. My Canadian friends don't like that. And then back in 2009, I won a trip and my wife and I got to go to France. So I have lived a very sheltered life. We just, I have never been, there's so many places I want to be, go to. And early in my life, I had no money. Now COVID's here. <laughs> so hopefully I'll get to explore the world because as an online entrepreneur, I can literally work from anywhere in the world as I'm guessing you can do as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, that's what I love so much about yeah, this this kind of business model. And actually, those are also the kind of people I, I mostly recruit uh, when I'm working on that. So I think COVID showed a lot of us that, hey, remote work is something we should have done a long time ago. We were forced to do it. And now that people are doing it, they're actually realizing all the benefits finally. But I've been doing this lifestyle for close to five years now. Yeah, I became remote when I was fired from my job back in July 2005. And I made a decision at the time, do I want to go back to corporate America or do I want to go on my own? So I became an entrepreneur, made thousands of mistakes, which is a topic for another episode of the podcast. And now here we are. I'm Mr. Productivity. That's, the, that's what they call me online. And you're Ugis. And I love that because I've never had an Ugis on the show. U-G-I-S. It's, you know, it's definitely not a John David name. Yeah. Oh, I'm honored to be first. <laughs> I think you'll be the only one that if I do 10,000 episodes, I'm willing to bet you'll be the only Ujis, which is cool. I might even guess. Which is cool because it's unique, right? If you type yeah, in the Mark Stucheski podcast, Ujis, you're the only one's going to come up, which is really cool. There we go. So you wanted to talk about something called the abundance mindset recruitment. I have never heard those three words put together in one phrase. So what in the world does that mean? That's right. And I'm still workshopping the, the kind of term for this, but I, it's actually a really simple concept. And once I explain it, I think the audience will get it perfectly. So uh, in my recruitment, the kind of biggest problem that I experienced was that, okay, uh, we have this position, we really need to fill it, the, the work needs to get done, but we're not getting great candidates and we're not getting the kind of people that we want. And I made uh, uh, quite a few mistakes uh, with in this situation where I thought, okay, this candidate is not great, but where else are we going to find someone better? We need to get the work done. And okay, let's take this person. Of course, six months later, you realize what a huge uh, mistake you made. And that's, yeah, it would have been much better if, if there was no one uh, and not this person that, that shouldn't have been doing the job. And uh, that kind of got me thinking, uh, yeah, what is the answer here? Because you have two choices. Both of them are bad. Either the work doesn't get done or there's a not the right person doing it. Uh, let's put it that way. So over time, kind of battling this uh, this problem is, is how my rec recruitment approach came about. And the idea here is uh, in this 
abundance mindset recruitment is that let's define exactly the person that we're looking for and we won't stop until until we get them and let's also figure out how to get them as fast as possible and that's that's the entire idea and that's that's what i've been focusing on for five six years now and i think it works both sides i think a lot of people i know who are looking for jobs they're taking the first thing that comes along and i have several other people on my show who are who help people get jobs and they say look it take some time to figure out what you want if you're going to go to a job five six days a week you're going to work eight to ten hours a day don't you want to work a job that you want to have and you love being there but i did this too before you know when i was in the corporate america i was whatever job hired me i would take and i would be miserable i never stopped and go what kind of job is going to make me happy? What kind of job am I going to get excited about getting up in the morning? So I think it works on both sides of the equation. The, the employer wants to have an ideal client and the employee wants to have an, an, an ideal job. But what you just said is both sides are not taking the time to go, what do we really want? Yeah, exactly. And it definitely works that way for, for people looking for jobs. I think it's a little tougher. Uh, it's definitely tougher when you have a family to support or any expenses that, that you need to provide. And sometimes you just have to take something. But for business owners, uh, we're usually more flexible and we can figure out how to work around maybe lack of capacity for at least a short while. And especially once you get to that stage where, where you know for sure, okay, it's going to be six weeks and I'm going to find someone and I'm going to uh, love the person that, that I found. Uh, that's a really powerful feeling. And that's the abundance I'm talking about. You don't have to take a candidate because they uh, fit some of the boxes. You take them because they fit all of your boxes and you're really excited to work with them. Now, I want to talk to you about something I've been seeing a lot of on LinkedIn. A lot of recruiters are on LinkedIn. A lot of people who help people get jobs are on LinkedIn. Let's talk about ghosting a little bit. I want to know your thoughts about ghosting. And for those of you who don't know about ghosting, I've never had to deal with this because I've been out of the workforce, you know, corporate wise for 15 years where you apply for a job and then you never hear back from them. What are your thoughts on ghosting? I think it's unprofessional. Uh, the people who, I, if you put out a job ad, uh, you expect that people will really try and, and do a good job when, uh, when they're applying and that's that's what you expect from the best candidates and that's something i tell my clients if someone is not trying on their uh, job application what are the odds that they're going to try on the actual job but if you are uh, putting the bar that high you owe people who are applying at least a response and, and you let them know and it can't always be uh personalized feedback because there are hundreds of people applying uh but in our case we we put down the most common reasons for rejection and we say we can't say this is definitely the case for you, but here are some reasons why we often reject. And at least that way, hopefully, we're, we're helpful to the person finding the job. As I said, it's it's not an enjoyable process for, for most people. So, yeah, uh, I, I try to be kind of mindful of, of the other side and I guess my partners in, in, in this sort of uh, thing. So, yeah, I ghosting, uh, that's a huge no-no in my book. And with the LinkedIn, ghosting has gone to an entirely different level because you can really automate a lot of things now to your point. I mean, you could say we're going to hire candidate A, candidates B through Z, just send out this automated email and just put all their you know blind attachments or whatever, however you're working on your automated software. You can do that. And I think if people know, oh, I didn't get the job, but what's happening is people don't know. And I've also seen some cases on LinkedIn where 
there was this ongoing conversation with the recruiter, the hiring manager, whatever the case may be. They're going, yeah, it looks good. And they're going back and forth. All of a sudden, all communications cut off. That really annoys people even more because they're like, hey, we were having a conversation. Now you're completely ignoring me. And I think that is even more unprofessional. Yes. Uh, one, one thing that is a reality of a recruiter is that sometimes there's a candidate at a very advanced stage and, and you really like them, but you can't know for sure that uh, you're, you're really going to hire them. And there's a lot of unpredictable things that could happen. And I think for, for the more respectful recruiters, that's often the case why they're not or are not responding as, as fast as you'd like to simply because there's someone else they're, they're currently considering. And I sometimes do that. Uh, I don't know if, if you have a problem with that. But uh, of course, at the end, I do get back to the person and I explain what happened. And if I, the more uh, they've invested on their side, the more I try to give back and provide at least reasoning and feedback and hopefully to, to let them improve. Let's talk about the qualifications for a job. We've all seen those jobs where they're, they want a PhD, an M- MBA, to speak 13 languages. You got to be fluent in Martian do people do companies like put like their job listing out for the most ideal client? Because I think some people see all those qualifications and like, Oh, I'm not going to bother applying. Is that intentional or are these companies like misdirected? They don't know how to really create an ad. Hey, you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to mrproductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. I, I think that shows uh, a company. As you said, they they don't really know what they're looking for. I would, I would stray away because you want to work with someone that, that can look at you and, or maybe even test you and say, okay, this person fits the job or this person doesn't fit the job. And again, a huge thing I, I talk about with my clients is reliable predictors of, of success in the job. So what are the things you should be looking at uh, in, in someone's profile to determine that they're going to do a good job in your company? And in, in my book, there are basically two. One is experience in a similar position. Have they done the job that, that you want the person to do? And the other one is if you give them a test assignment, something to, to show off their skills with, are they doing a great job and are, are they really blowing you away with, the, with their output? And those two, outside of those things, uh, okay, there, there could be some, some red flags, but those are, that's what they are. They're red flags, something that egregious that has happened. But yeah, outside of those things, not many things should uh, kind of sidetrack you from getting the job if, if you can do uh, those two things. So other than what you just told us, what are some other mistakes that you see companies, maybe your clients do when they are searching for uh, candidates? Because I know some people listening to the show are going to like, okay, well, I'm having trouble getting, you know, reasonably ideal clients for my job position. What are some mistakes you see people make all the time when they're looking for a candidate? The biggest and and the kind of easiest one that everyone can see is their job ad. And there are just so many things that, that can go uh, wrong with that and do go wrong with that. And first of all, you can see if the company even tried or if there's someone who's just copy pasting from another position, like these are our requirements and there's a generic list. These are your uh, previous uh, experiences and this is what we offer. And the offers, once again, are really, are really generic. 
again, you want the candidates to try in their application. If you're not trying with your job ad, how, what are the odds the candidate is going to try? So that's that's number one. And the other thing that, that goes with it is, are you even explaining the, the position? Like, can the right person uh, that's right for the job understand that this position is for me in 10 seconds or less? And maybe even five seconds or less. Because if you think about candidates and, and how they uh, look for jobs, they're probably clicking on hundreds of links trying to find one that's worth applying for. And then they invest some time into it. And they're going to uh, try to go to, uh, through those hundred dots really fast so they can find the one that's, that they're applying to or maybe three that, they, that they're applying for and really trying. Uh, so if you can't communicate within the first five seconds, yes, this job is for you. You're going to be perfect for it then you're failing basically with your job. And that's the, that's the biggest mistake I see. Do you think resumes are dead? Uh, I know some people have said, I don't look at resumes. I look at what you've done. If you're a coder, show me what you've coded. Uh, if you are a social media person, let me see your social media profiles you built up. I'm, I'm sure that totally dead, but you think resumes don't play a biggest part as they did like 10, 15 years ago? Uh, that's probably true. I wouldn't, uh, totally discard them. I, I think again, talking about predictors, I don't think it's the biggest predictor, but it's a good enough predictor. Uh, and, uh, so as, as I said, the first thing, as you said, if you can show me that you can do the job, that's what I'm most interested in. And that's going to be the thing I'm going to look at first and foremost. But the other thing that can be quite, uh, kind of enticing to or an enticing uh, trap to fall into is someone who has a really good portfolio but they haven't been haven't done a similar job for for long enough maybe six months or, or maybe even a year because you going to job is a skill and if you're not used to it you're just going to make so many mistakes you're going to have so many troubles and you as an employer be going to be the one who's paying for for the person to basically learn these lessons if you can, why don't you choose a person who's already learned those lessons and is already uh, kind of ready to go and is a, a full mature professional? So in that sense, uh, that's that's how I'd use resumes. But I agree with you that they're not the like number one predictor. Yeah, because I, you know, going back to my coder example, I had I was speaking to someone at one point a couple of years ago and they said they wanted to be a coder. I'm like, that's great. I'm like, well, so how much do you code a day? And they go, I don't code. I'm like. Um, coders who really want to code, they're teaching themselves to code. They're not waiting to get hired to be a coder and learning. And I would, I would think that you would agree with me that when you want a job, you should be passionate about it, whatever the topic is, whether it's salesman or you're going to be a farmer, whatever, you should really have a lot of interest in it, not just professionally, but maybe you read books outside of work or magazines or go to conferences. You're really, cause I got to believe that's what a company really wants. They want someone who's really into not just getting a paycheck, but they're into the mission. They're into the product. They're into the service. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So as a business owner, what you're paying for is not an allowed body. You're paying for someone who's getting the work done and to, to the best of their ability, ability. And hopefully that ability is really good. So uh, absolutely agree with you and uh, how I call like a code name we have for this for, uh, with my clients is a players. So those are the kind of employees we want who do those extra things, who, who want to learn on their free time. And uh, and some people will say it's an unfair expectation. And I'm saying the market dictates. So if we can find someone who's an A player, we're going to take the A player 
10 times out of 10. Are you kidding me? Of course we're going to do that. One thing I, I will say though, uh, and where there's an important distinction is uh, these kind of, I call them technical positions. I don't know if that's the right name, but something where the output is the, the a great predictor of, of the quality of the job. So it could be a coder, could be a video editor, could be a writer. Uh, those sort of positions, portfolio is, is the best uh, predictor by far. There are more soft positions like a manager, uh, things like that, uh, where it's harder to just give one test assignment and say yes or no, this person's going to work or not work. So then uh, resume experience, talking about those experiences and learning about them uh, is a way to kind of uh, distinguish people. So there definitely are positions where this kind of portfolio approach doesn't work fully, at least. Yeah, I mean, if you say you're an app developer, you better have some apps developed. I'm just saying because you don't know something <laughs> yeah. applying to the job. Now, well, how do how does um, how do good English mark? How does an employer deal with gap years? Some people take a year off. Maybe they're going to do on a mission trip or they want to have a baby. How do they look at that? Because I know I've seen some people have asked this question on LinkedIn. They're like, okay, well, I took a year off to have a baby or I took two years off to raise my child till, you know, he got to be a certain age. How does, how do employees, how should they look at a gap years? So once again, you're looking for things that can predict what's going to happen. And if someone took a gap year five years ago, I'm not really going to care about it. If they're just coming out of a gap year, I, I'm really kind of my ears perk up and I want to understand why did you take this gap here? What did exactly you do and how things have changed that you're, you didn't work for a year and now you're going to work for a year for me. So how, how these things are different. And once again, uh, maybe it's unfair, but as a business owner, I'd rather let someone else live through these mistakes and take on candidates that, that are not just returning, but I don't want to be that strict to be fair. Uh, I do always ask people, so what what happened? And if I can make a reasonable judgment, okay, this makes sense. This person really wants to work for me. It kind of adds up with with the rest of their life. Uh, yeah, that's that's something we can work with. But uh, there are many people where where those gap years just don't make sense for for you as an employer, and that's a that's a harsh truth, but it's a truth. Now, an employer can't legally ask, like, let's say a young lady had a baby, took a two year gap year. They can't legally ask that woman, hey, are you going to have a baby again? Right. That, that's illegal, right? They can't ask that. Yeah. No, you don't want to do illegal things. That's, that's a way to, to get in trouble. Yeah, I kind of figured that once. Okay, let's switch over to people looking for a job. What are some things that people who are looking for a job, other than what we already talked about, we said, look, at have an idea of what you want, unless obviously you need to take care of your family, keep a roof over your head. You know, feed the kids, stuff like that. Obviously, that's important. But let's let's put that aside for right now. What are some things as people are scrolling through LinkedIn? Now TikTok has got resumes. I mean, you can find a job anywhere. But what are some basic things that people who are looking for a job, assuming it's not a part-time job, it's like a career job, what should they be doing as they search for a job? Yeah, I'll, uh, what they should be doing. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so... If, if they're searching for a job, they should be going on job boards and, and looking for, for companies that are hiring and kind of, it's, it's what I'd do. I'd click on 100 links, uh, find a three part a day that's, that seemed to match my expectations, something where I can actually see myself working and really try and really put my effort in and apply like kind of all my energy from, from that day of applications to 
maximum three uh, positions, I would say. I'm not an expert on, on consulting people on how to apply uh, for jobs. I'm usually on the other side, but kind of with my industry knowledge, that's if, if I were looking for a job, that's how I'd do it. Okay. Uh, the, the other thing, uh, of course, uh, a thing that's, that's been really powerful is, uh, asking your network and seeing if, if there are any opportunities like that. And then of course, I, I think that's at, honestly where I would start, but given that, or if we imagine that that's kind of exhausted, then I'd go to job boards and, and apply that way. Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. Now, from the employer's perspective, is a lot of things automated? Number words, in other words, can they put the requirement in a system? And as the resumes come in or the applications come in, the system can scan and weed out automatically. Is that a thing now in 2021? So that's what uh, large companies are doing right now. Uh, I personally work with smaller, uh, smaller companies up until 70 people. And usually they don't even have an HR department or anything like that. So we're kind of uh, stringing things together uh, uh, and, and figuring out uh, applications and, and I guess recruitment in general uh, ourselves. So we don't have this like sophisticated AI or something. We have re real people checking real applications and, and responding to everyone. So, uh, but yeah, I, I know for sure that larger companies are doing that. So let's talk about the small business. Cause a lot of people listen to the show are either entrepreneurs and they have a small business when they want to hire someone I'm getting the feeling from what I've seen on LinkedIn and other sites that people are waiting too long to hire. They're waiting until the business just explodes and, and that causes a problem, right? Because now you've got this major project and now you have to try to find someone, bring them on, bring them up to speed. And so isn't it kind of a tricky game? You have to try to get people on board before it starts getting big. That's that's an interesting one, and honestly, it's something I'm I'm trying to figure out in in my own business. And uh, I, I laugh with my friends that they're also business owners, and one of them is uh, kind of his attitude is scale as fast as you can, get your team to do it. Uh, you're going to figure it out along the way. And uh, the the kind of other spectrum is no, you need to make sure everything's done properly. If need be, do it yourself. And but that's that's the proper way to do things. So I'm kind of trying to balance the, those two perspectives. I don't know what's the truth, honestly. Uh, what, what I tried earlier this year is, is hire ahead of the curve and, and kind of uh, get started earlier. That didn't work so well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, and now I'm, I'm kind of more in the other end where I'm trying to do everything properly. If, if I need to, I'll do it myself, but I know that it's done 100%. So um, it's a tough one. And I, I don't know, I don't know that there's like a perfect answer for this one. It's like, it's like playing, uh, it's like gambling, right? You, you don't know are the, the dice going to come up snake eyes or you're going to get the seven you need. It, it's really tough because what if you hire on three, four people and all of a sudden you lose the contract and I could yeah. see that's really difficult. I don't have a team right now, by the way, I haven't even reached the stuff where I have VAs at this point. And I kind of like keeping my business small because it's just my wife and me and I don't have to worry about all these other people, but I know people need jobs, but then you got to make sure you get the right people. So it, there's no clear cut rules. I mean, you can look at a, a hundred different uh, recruiters on LinkedIn and get a hundred different opinions because everything changes. And of course, everything changes when COVID hit in early 2020. I mean, that was a game changer for everybody in every industry. People are going, what, what's going on? And everyone 
was trying to figure out, I think we're pretty much got our nits going on right now. We know what's going on, but in the very, the first 12 months we were, we were like hit between the eyes with two by four. And, um, we're having to figure out how this is going to go forward in 2022 and so on. So before we wrap up, is there anything else on your heart that you'd like to share with us today? Well, that's a good one. Um, I think, uh, one thing that's kind of people, want to know about uh, let's put it that way my clients always ask is how to drive applications and and how to how to do it well and uh i'll, I'll share openly two things that that work for me if, if that's okay mm-hmm. yeah uh so uh uh the two uh kind of ways to to get applications right now and that's that are working for me number one is job boards and that has worked for me for a long time and uh, especially if, if you're looking for people remotely, there's a foolproof way how to find the best job board. Let's say you're, you're hiring for an SEO position and you just Google remote SEO jobs. And the first few job boards that come up is where you want to be. Because guess what? People who are looking for remote SEO jobs, that's exactly what they're Googling. That's exactly where they're going to click. So, uh, and yeah, uh, in, in terms of specific job boards, we work remotely has, has worked wonders for me. I'm not affiliated with them in any way. Uh, but that's uh, for remote jobs. That's an excellent job board. Uh, and the other one, uh, other approach that's, that's working really well. And th- this works perfectly for, for people who, uh, or for positions where you really want this bullseye candidate, someone that, that matches all your boxes is just reach out to 25, 50 people on LinkedIn. Uh, find the ones that, that match your requirements. And it's not that hard to do. I, for a long time, I didn't do it because I thought, oh, it's going to be so much work, but it takes a few hours at most. And in my experience, out of 50 people, there are going to be two or three that you really like to hire. And that's like you're you're happy with everything. And then you have this awesome problem of deciding which person that could do a great job would be better for this. So those two approaches, uh, I, I wish someone told me to do this six years ago because uh, it would have saved a lot of time. Uh, so I just wanted to share that with the audience. Well, I, I really appreciate it. LinkedIn is really powerful. Uh, it's my favorite platform. They're scattered. They they have some issues, and I've voiced my opinions very strongly on LinkedIn. And a lot of LinkedIn experts agree with me. They roll out new product, new services, and features and products like for decades. It's like just release them to the world. But having said all that, I think if you really want to find a job, if you want to connect with the right employer, you want to find the right group. LinkedIn's the place to go. Um, it's not always intuitive. It's kind of like, I love Snapchat, not intuitive, but once you get into it, it's like, oh, this is pretty fun. So I, I encourage people to check in LinkedIn and I, I've got a 24 year old daughter. She's, she's in Kent state and here in the States going to school for, uh, being a teacher and she's not on LinkedIn. I'm like, girl, you know, yeah, that's a y- big mistake. You gotta be on TikTok. Yeah. Okay. You're on TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram. I get it. But LinkedIn, you gotta be on LinkedIn. She goes, Oh dad, you're just trying to help. Look, I know I, I talk to these people all the time. You gotta be on LinkedIn. That's the way it is. There's no other way. No, but you know, she ain't gonna listen to me. I'm her father. (laughs) What do I know? (laughs) You know, I may be Mr. Productivity of the world, but to my daughter, I'm dad and like, dad, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay. All right. Well, you're going to go talk to someone else. I'm going to tell you the same thing. And that's okay. So final question I have for you, you just, where can we go find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? Yeah. Just, uh, hit me up on recruitermill.com. Uh, and if, if you go there, you can book a 30 minute call with me. I'll give you as much value as I can in, in 30 minutes specifically for your problem. And if we decide to work together, it's awesome. If not, I'm still happy to help. So, yeah, check me out and uh, we can have a one-on-one conversation if you wish. Okay. Now, 
You speak English very well. What other languages do you speak? Uh, so, of course, I speak Latvian. That's my mother tongue. Uh, and uh, I speak some Russian, but but not so great. But a uh, funny story about how I learned English. Uh, it was actually when I was watching Desperate Housewives with my mom. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's who I have to thank for. Uh, that that that's amazing <laughs> so you had the subtitles on uh well at the time I, I knew some english but it's funny like there was a test score uh before or a test before that summer when i started watching desperate housewives and right after and i jumped like three levels so oh uh, my goodness that's who I <laughs> i've never heard someone say that before though i tell you i'm a big uh, my wife and i are big fan fans of apple tv plus they've got this show called trying it's based in england and even though it's English, it's got the English accent. So my mastermind buddy, I always tell her I got I have to have the closed captioning on because they say words that we don't say in America. So I was watching a show the other night and they they uh the woman said to the man, her husband, he says, Are you done or can we crack on? And I picked up my iPhone, like, crack on. <laughs> that means can we can we keep going? I'm like, Right. And I reached out to my mastermind friend yesterday and I'm like, crack on? She goes, Yes, but posh english people don't say crack on like i i'm oh, just trying to learn the language yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm no not- it's it's funny that you mentioned uh, closed captions because i have a friend from uh, england and sometimes i wish he would have closed captions because half of the time i don't understand what he's saying uh, i'm used to the american way of speaking yeah i i love accents i'm fascinated by accents uh, people say i have an accent. obviously you think i have an accent because you're from latvia and you live in hungary but a lot of people in america goes how did you move from new york state down to houston you don't talk like this you know like on the southern draw <laughs> i don't pick up accents my wife picks up accents like that i do not but uh, Ujis, i am so thankful you're on the show today it was a delightful conversation uh, I'm, I'm so glad that you shared your insights with us and I wish you the best uh, going forward in 2021 and 2022. Thanks so much, Mark. I was uh, super happy to be on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up, absolutely free. Just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.